Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Monday, December 9th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Merton, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, it's a pretty good weekend of fights. Saturday was a pretty busy day for sure. We had, obviously, the UFC DC. We had the Ruiz-Joshua boxing match, which I don't really think lived up to expectations, but it is what it is. Also had Tito versus uh, Alberto El Patron or Del Rio, whatever you want to call him. And uh, we also had KSW as well. So it was a crazy, crazy day of fights. Uh, but I'm going to focus primarily on UFC DC today. It was a pretty good card. There was a lot of finishes on this card. Definitely an interesting one. Now, I got to start with a little humble brag here. For the first time ever, I had a perfect card. First time ever. So having a perfect card is, I think, really difficult to do. I've been close a few times. Maybe you got one or two wrong. But, you know, there were two draws in this card, to be fair. But still, 10-0-2. It's the best I've ever did, picking a card. So... I am uh, pretty happy about that. Uh, but, of course, it was pretty close to not being a perfect card because the main event of the evening was about four seconds away of you not getting that pick right. But we saw Jarzino Rosenstruck land a massive punch. Four seconds left in the fight, knockout Alistair. We're going to start there. Crazy, crazy finish. Uh, latest knockout in UFC heavyweight history. I, it probably MMA heavyweight history, if I had to guess as well. Uh, it's It was crazy. So, Overeem was winning. He was going to win the decision, no doubt about it. He had... I think four rounds, three rounds in the bag for sure. It was, it was three to one heading into the fifth, and he likely was going to win the fifth. Maybe, maybe you give Rosenstruck the fifth one, but there's no doubt about it that Overeem won. I, I believe the first three rounds of the fight uh, was pretty much in cruise control, and then he got he got caught and he got knocked out. Now, some people have said the stoppage was uh, not a great stoppage because there was four seconds left in the fight. And I could see that point, but at the same time, he was knocked out and his lip got ripped open. It was one of the most gruesome. Injuries probably we've ever seen is nasty. So honestly, I don't blame Big Dan for stopping the fight. You got to remember that the referee's job isn't to look at the clock. It's not to decide if, hey, can this guy go four more seconds? Uh, it's to protect the fighter. And in the case of Overeem, his face was ripped wide open. So I can't blame the referee for really stopping this fight, although I can see why some people think it should have went a few more seconds. Either way, Rosenstruck gets the win here, and it's an incredible win for him on his resume. This guy is a really, really talented prospect. No doubt about it. 10-0, 4-0 now in the UFC. And his 2019 season, I, I said this on Twitter the other day, he's the rookie of the year. Now, we don't really have awards in UFC like we do in MLB, NHL, those kind of sports. But if there was a rookie of the year award, there's no doubt that Yarzino would win the award. Because if you look at his 2019, it's been amazing. Knocks out Overeem, knocks out Orlovsky, knocks out Crowder, knocks out Beanie. So... Rosenstruck has the second fastest finish in UFC heavyweight history, the knockover Crowder, and the latest finish in heavyweight history with the knockover Overeem. So this guy is a very, very talented prospect. Now, what's next for him? Obviously, this wasn't his best performance. The fight wasn't very good until um, definitely the last four seconds, really. It was a boring fight. A lot of people were not too happy with this one. The card went on really long. It was probably one of the longest uh, UFC on ESPN cards we've seen. Now, there is a reason for that. They kept doing the... Uh, interviews with with fighters and and their families like tony martin was or anthony rock martin because his mother they were talking about her battle with breast cancer so to me like yeah the card went on a little bit long but i think it was for a good reason uh they were they were doing some really good interviews megan levy did they're important so i know it was a, a, a late card they usually last only three hours or less now this one went four but there's a good reason for that so i'm actually not going to complain about the length of this card because of that reason alone but I, I can see why people were a little bit bored. They were obviously getting a little tired. The card had uh, been going on for a while, and this fight wasn't very good. But, man, what a punch. What a, what a punch by uh, Rosenstruck. So Rosenstruck now calls out Francis Ngannou. 
that's the fight that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I think it's the fight the UFC is going to book. I know Volkov was in the running for a while for, with a fight for Rosenstruck, but I just don't see that happening at this point. I think that there's more uh, push for a fight with with uh, Rosenstruck and Nagano rather than Nagano versus uh, Volkov. So that'd be my guess as to what as to what happens next. Not sure Ricardo pulled on. I mean, Rosenstruck didn't take a ton of damage. I wonder if they could add it to UFC 246 in January. If not, can they add it to UFC 247 in Houston or? 248 in, in uh, wherever that card's going to be. That's probably Adesanya defending his belt. Or even the fight card uh, in April with Ferguson and Romagamadov. I think that fight honestly fits any of those cards. We know that the France's, France legalization is going to take a little bit while longer. So Nagano's not going to be fighting in France in his next fight, if you have to ask me. I think he'll be fighting on one of these big pay-per-view cards, and I think against Rosenstruck. Like Rosenstruck said, two big, scary guys. And they're going to create a bomb. It's going to be an amazing fight. So I like that fight a lot. And it makes a lot of sense for me. And as far as over goes, I mean, this is brutal. Like, another loss for him. And he was close to winning the fight, too, which is, uh, you know, a tough, tough pill to swallow. But it's MMA, and you got to keep your guard up for the full fight. And we know Overeem doesn't have a great chain, and we know his cardio is not great either. So, uh, honestly, this is his 14th loss by Nako and MMA. So, you have to, I think, start thinking about uh, maybe hanging the gloves up if you're Overeem. But at the same time, he was winning this fight, and he did win his two fights prior to that over ranked opponents in Alunik and Pavlovich. So, I doubt he retires. 14 knockouts is scary, plus his knockouts in kickboxing, plus all the knockouts he's taken probably in sparring over the years in the, in the Dutch kickboxing. But I, I don't see him retiring. I think he will fight again. I just hope that if he does get knocked out again, that he doesn't uh, hold on for too much longer because this was a nasty knockout, and he had to have plastic surgery on his lip afterwards to fix it. So, you know, over him, is, uh, he's a good sport. He's had a good attitude about this. He's been tweeting about it, you know, saying, I hope you guys enjoyed the fight. I'm, you know, my, my face hurts, but I'm okay. Glad to hear he's okay. But some of these knockouts he's taken in the last few years are just absolutely vicious, like the Nagano one, the Blades knockout on the ground, and now this one. So over him, you know, definitely a legend of the heavyweight division. But at this point, 14 knockout losses, you, I can't see him hanging up, hanging around for much longer. At, at this point, he's, he's 39. He's taking a lot of damage. So overall, probably a bit of a disappointing fight. But it did end on a high note with the knockout. So huge knockout here for Rosenstruck, and he moves on to bigger and better things. All right, next up, co-main event, catchweight bout, Rodriguez and Calvillo. Interesting fight, and it was a majority draw by the judges. And I agree with that call by the judges. Rodriguez looked really good in the first two rounds. Uh, her striking looked amazing. She had some really good knees from the clinch, good kicks from the outside to the body. Calvillo looked like she was going to get beaten pretty soundly. And then all, all of a sudden, third round comes Rodriguez really hits a wall and Calvillo takes her down, mounts her, beats her up. Looked like she was close to getting a finish. I think the referee could have stopped the fights, possible, but uh, Rodriguez was able to kind of push her way to the decision. And the judges scored a draw, which I agree with. I had a 10-9, 10-9 in the first two rounds for Rodriguez and 10-8 in the third for Calvillo. Not sure what you guys have, but I think most people did have it scored that way. So I think it was a good call by the judges here scoring in a majority draw. And there was actually two majority draws on this card. There was one later on as well. So it was the third card in UFC history. The other ones, I think, were UFC 22 and UFC 216, if I'm not mistaken. They ended in a majority draw. So it's very rare to have, obviously, three fights, or two fights, excuse me, and in a majority draw. But in this case, there was two draws on this card. So very, very rare. But uh, I think in this in this fight, the draw was warranted. The other fight, I'm not so sure about. I'll talk about that in a second here. Next up, we had a heavy boat between Ben Rothwell and Stefan Struve. This one was mired in controversy. Ben Rothwell connected on a number of low blows to Stefan Struve. Poor guy. I'm not sure he's feeling too great right now. He got he got hit really hard in the groin a few times. Warrior, he managed to keep going, but 
yeah, I mean, th- I think those kicks, those low blows really took something out of him. And uh, eventually he got finished by Ben Rothwell standing against the, the fence, gets taken down, uh, just gets beaten down against the fence and loses via TKO. So Ben Rothwell picks up a win, gets back in the win column after a three-fight losing skid. Good for him. But uh, yeah, definitely an asterisk with this one. And for Struve, it's another knockout loss. And he's had eight in his career. He's only 30 years old, 31 years old, seven knockout losses in UFC. He actually had retired after his last fight and he came back for this one. I mean, listen, like there's definitely some controversy here and I could see the UFC running this fight back just because of that. But at the same time, I personally wasn't really enjoying this fight. I don't think anyone was. And also Struve at this point, I, I think this is a guy who could retire as well, because even though he's 31, all the damage, a lot of knockout losses, I personally don't, think he should be fighting again but you know it's it's going to be his call obviously it's his career but yeah it's scary seeing this guy get finished so many times next up we had aspen lad defeat yannis kuniskaya yannis kuniskaya via second round tko lad, third round tko actually excuse me uh, and she looked good in this fight lad's a great fighter obviously she improves to five and one in the four and one in the ufc so she's very very dangerous yana loses the fight but she loses to a top prospect i don't think any shame in that she's two and two down in the ufc but for lad it's another win on her resume and a nice bounce back after that controversial loss to Duranamy. And she made way for this fight. So that was good for her. Uh, definitely one of the top prospects still at 135, only 24 years old. As long as she can make the weight, she'll be a dangerous fighter in this division. So definitely curious to see what's next for Aspen Lad. But you'd have to imagine she gets a top 10 ranked opponent. And for Yannick Uzkaya, still a top 15 fighter in that division. But uh, probably not a lead fighter as we've seen her lose a couple fights in the past. Next up, we had a uh, really controversial fight between Cody Stamen and Song Yudong. Now, like I said, I had a perfect night of fights, but this one is one that, uh, honestly, I think Stamen probably should have got the nod in. I think he did win at least two rounds in this fight, and Yadong, he did one run round, but the thing was he had a point deduction. So even with that, you know, there were still two judges that gave it a, a, a draw, which I don't agree with. I The one judge had a 29-27 for Stamen. That's what I had. So I'll admit that uh, this one I, was kind of a lucky call for, for Yadong as far as a draw goes because I think Stamen won the fight. So really, he should be uh, five and one now in the UFC instead. He's four one and one. And Yudong, not his best performance. I still think he's a really good prospect. He's super young, twenty two, um, but uh, now four zero oh, and one. He really should be four and one in the UFC with the loss here. They might run this one back. This was a super close fight, even with the point deduction and and the, and the controversy here. It was a close fight. I, I just think Stamen should have got the nod here, but uh, they could run it back. I'd be interested, I guess, in seeing this one uh, once again. We'll see what happens. They might just choose to give these guys other opponents, but uh, I wouldn't be upset if they ran this one back because it was a very close fight. And honestly, like I said, I think Stamen should have won the fight, but the judges gave it uh, a draw. Next up, we had a fight of the night between Rob Font and Ricky Simone. Really good fight here, guys. Excellent matchup. Uh, these guys really went toe-to-toe in this one. I did score for Rob Font, I think 29-28. I don't agree with that 30-27 scorecard. Simone definitely won at least one round. I think it was the first round. But yeah, Font, uh, another win for him. Very underrated fighter for sure. He improves to, uh, was it 7-3 and three in the UFC? So a really nice record. And Simone, second straight loss, but I think still a really good prospect. 3-2. and two. It's only 27. But yeah, he's got to get back in the win column his next fight. I don't think there's any shame, though, in losing to Rob Font. Rob Font's a really good fighter. You know, with so many finishes on the card, I'm a little surprised that uh, they gave a fight of the night out, but it was a really good fight. So I, I, I think they should have gave out four performance bonuses personally because I think there were some really good performances including by the next guy I'm going to talk about, but uh, not not a terrible decision here to give uh, Rob Font and Ricky Simone fight of the night bonus. Next up, we had Tim Means defeating Alvarez via guillotine choke first round. Great performance by Means. Knocks Alvarez down, finishes him with a choke. 
Excellent performance. His first submission win since 2015 over George Sullivan. More of a striker. Obviously, he did knock down Alves prior to the finish, but on the ground. But, man, great performance by means. Excellent. One of my all-time favorites, for sure. But for Alves, man, this is another bad loss for him. He's lost four of his last five fights, and he really should have lost to Max Griffin. So he should be on a five-fight losing streak right now. Definitely getting up there in age, 36 now, taking a lot of damage. Been in the UFC for a long time. He's a legend of the welterweight division. I have a lot of respect for Tiago Alves, but I think this is probably the end of the road for him in the UFC. There are probably a few guys in the bottom of the division he could he can compete against, but as far as like even mid-tier guys like Tim Means go, he can't compete with these guys anymore. So I think this is probably it for Alves. He says he wants to test free agency. He is a free agent now. Maybe Bellator signs him. Maybe PFL is interested. Not too sure. Um, I heard that he wanted to pursue a career in law enforcement, so maybe a police officer thing is a good thing for him at this point. But uh, I think just coaching at ATT would be great. I mean, he's been there forever. He's a staple of the gym, obviously. So if I'm him, I just stick to the coaching thing and, and stay in the game. But it's going to be up to him. But, yeah, I, I think this is probably it for Tiago Alves in the UFC. Next up, great performance here. Billy Quarantello defeats Jacob Kilburn via triangle choke. This was an absolute beatdown. Obviously, a, a big mismatch here. Kilburn taking the fight on a short notice, and he got beaten down here. It wasn't even a close fight. So great performance by Billy Quarantello, obviously beating a, a opponent who's not really UFC caliber here in Jacob Kilburn, but still a great performance by uh, Billy Quarantello. So he'll be sticking around for a little while longer. It looks like a really good prospect from the Contender Series. Next up, we had Bryce Mitchell defeat Matt Sales via Twister in the first round. 420 of the first round with the Twister. That's pretty cool. So great finish, obviously, at Bryce Mitchell. Some people are calling it submission of the year. I'd have to go back and look. But, yeah, I mean, with the Twister, you have to be up there. I still think this, the uh, the chance on John Leonard Garcia one is, is a little bit better. That was shocking. I didn't even know what a Twister was back then. That was back in 2011. I remember watching that fight with friends. I was like, wow, what is that? So I had no idea at the time. That's a guillotine choke, in, or not guillotine, but a guillotine choke. It's called a guillotine in the wrestling, but still an amazing finish by uh, Brace Mitchell. Again, I can't believe this guy was an underdog in this fight. Crazy, crazy line, and uh, looked amazing in this fight. So good for Bryce Mitchell. Like, he'll be sticking around a while longer, and he did win a performance of the night bonus. Well-deserved. Next up, we had Joe Selecki defeat Matt Wyman via United Decision 30-26 times 2 and 30-27. An absolute beatdown by Joe Selecki. Don't know Matt, why Matt Wyman is coming back to fight. Uh, he obviously had that fight against Luis Pena after five years away, and his last fight got beaten down bad. Now he gets beaten down again. I can't see the UFC giving me another fight. I think this is it for Matt Wyman in the UFC. One of my all-time favorites in the lightweight division. He's, he's had so many good fights over the years, but this is it. And I honestly was shocked when he came back a few months ago. I don't think he needs to fight again. And, you know, if he does get released, I, I just don't even see, like, Bellator being interested in this guy, not after these performances. So, to me, this is probably the end of the line for Matt Wyman. Again, you know, solid career in the UFC. Uh, had some really good fight of the nights, like the fights with uh, Jim Miller, Sam Stowe. Those fights were really good, but I think this is probably it for Matt Wyman. I can't see the UFC giving me another fight. And when you're cutting guys like Gray Maine or Hennon Brow, et cetera, this is probably it for uh, Mr. Matt Wyman in the UFC. Next up, we had Verna Janderoa defeat Mallory Martin via submission. Second round, rear naked choke. A good win for Janderoa to bounce back from a loss to Carlos Barza. Still a really good prospect. Uh, in the UFC women's strawweight division. And finally, opening up the card, we had Macman Muradov absolutely torch Trevor Smith with a massive knockout in the third round. Brutal, brutal knockout. Ridiculous knockout. So great knockout there by Macman Muradov. He wins a uh, performance in night bonus. I even said in the previous show, like, there's, this guy by knockout is, is a really good bet. He was plus money by knockout. So definitely was a good bet there. So overall, really good card. I mean, a lot of good knockouts. Some of the main card fights, I guess, at the end dragged a bit, but Again, a great card, tons of finishes, and I, I don't think you could ask for much more. 
Now UFC 245 takes place this weekend. So this was a great car. I think this, the momentum is going to continue even more. I want to beat that car. I'm leaving Friday. I'll be continuing to do the podcast. Times will be a little bit different next week, but I'll definitely be doing the show. I'll be recapping it live from Vegas. So I can't wait to do that. And I'm excited as hell for this card, guys. It's going to be an amazing card. Cole Sheldon's going to join me tomorrow at 11 a.m. to break down UFC 245 in full. So I'm looking forward to breaking down the full card with Cole tomorrow. Um, a few other things here to talk about on today's show. Uh, I want to mention Tito Ortiz and uh, Alberto, Alberto Alpatron, Alberto Real, whatever you want to call him. Tito Ortiz wins by first round submission. Uh, I mean, we all know that was going to happen. The odds were lopsided. I think it was like 9-1 to one at close or 10-1 to one for Tito. It was kind of a joke fight. Alberto Del Rio hasn't fought in 10 years in MMA. So the guy does have some experience. Pride, obviously, fought Crow Cop years ago. But this was a joke of a fight when you think about it. I know Combatchi needed to kind of have this, this kind of fight to get people notice their promotion a bit. But it was an easy fight for, for Tito. And, you know, they're saying Tito's going to be the face of that promotion. Now, I mean, good for him. He's making a payday at age 44, but uh, he's going to be fighting guys that really shouldn't even be in the cage with them. I'd rather see Tito go back to Bellator. I think there are fights he can win. A Ryan Bader rematch. I know Ryan Bader would probably destroy Tito at this point, but we all thought about that about the first fight. Tito won that fight. So I think that is an interesting rematch. I, I do. I would obviously pick Ryan Bader. We all would, but I wouldn't mind seeing that rematch. I think it's a big fight for Bellator. So we'll see what happens. I think there's a chance he could go back there. UFC's out of the question. That won't happen. But if he just stays around in Kabachi, beats up uh, guys like Alberto Del Rio that don't belong with him, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that either. And the other thing I want to mention here is that Liz Carmouche got cut by the UFC in the weekend. Uh, you know, no surprise, I guess, in a way, because Carmouche really uh, is not that entertaining of a fighter, and she is coming off a loss. But having said that, she was coming off a loss in a title fight. You don't see it that often. It's pretty rare seeing a fighter cut off a title fight loss. And the other thing was she was flown or she flew on her own accord, apparently to Washington DC to be with the UFC during their, uh, their visits to uh, Arlington and, and some cemeteries and, and uh, the hospitals and stuff. And then they, she found out later that she had already been cut. So terrible, terrible stuff. They're really unprofessional by the UFC uh, to, to invite her out, knowing that she'd been cut and not letting, letting her know or letting her manager know it's to me, it's weird how the media finds out before the fighter. Isn't that weird guys? Like, I don't understand that at all. What kind of sport is that? There's no other sport that's like this where the media is finding out someone's getting released before the the, uh, the athlete themselves or their agent. So to me, there's definitely some lack of communication there. Disappointing thing that the UFC did there with Carmouche. Again, I, I don't think she is an exciting fighter, honestly. But like maybe the Ronda Rousey fight was exciting for sure. But other than that, and also I guess the Andrade fight years ago, though, the last few fights, the fight with Valentina was a terrible fight. So I'm not shocked completely she was released. It's just the way they did it was pretty bad. So, you know, the UFC... They are a cutthroat organization. We know that, but still, I mean, you invite her out to Washington and then you cut her or you cut her before and then you tell her. I don't know about that. And obviously, UFC's really been taking a brunt on social media from fans and media, just not happy with the way this played out. It is what it is. That's the sport. You know, fighters only have a certain shelf life in the UFC or in any promotion, but just the way they did it was very unprofessional. Although it's obviously not the first time the fighters found out they've been released over social media. I just don't like that. I don't think that's the right way to go about things. Anyways, that's what I want to talk about today, guys. There was that boxing match, obviously, on the weekend. I uh, I watched it. Ruiz and Johnson, Joshua. It wasn't a great match. I mean, Joshua wins. Maybe we'll do a trilogy. I don't know. It wasn't a great match. Ruiz was out of shape for that fight, so it is what it is. But uh, I'm looking forward to Wilder and Fury for sure in February. And the other card was KSW. Scott Askham defeats uh, Mehmet Kaladov. So Kaladov's a guy who should have been in the UFC a long time ago. Never made it there, but uh, three straight losses now. Came in a retirement for this one. Loses to Askham, who, by the way, 
he had a tough run in the UFC. He's won five straight fights since then, ACB and KSW. So don't know what his contract's like, but I wouldn't mind seeing him back in the UFC. I think he, at this point, deserves a second chance in the octagon. All right, guys, that's it for today's show. I appreciate you tuning in. As always, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Martin podcast maoddsbreaker.com also check me out at bjpen.com and mmarings.net i have a ton of articles coming out this week ufc 245 got all my breakdowns everything i'll be back tomorrow 11 at 10 a.m doing the normal show and then 11 a.m breaking down ufc 245 can't wait to do that guys have a great day and i'll talk to you tomorrow have a good one bye